the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. At the beginning, she might say nothing's wrong, but if you keep on asking her, you will open up the door and she will feel comfortable enough to actually tell you uh, what's wrong. So just keep asking what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. And then um, the next thing that you can say is, why are you mad at me? So just say what's wrong, followed up by why are you mad at me? And if you stay persistent, then it'll show her that you're a safe place and that she can actually, even if it's you that she's mad at, she'll be able to, she'll be able to tell you. So you guys are awesome. That was not actually good marriage advice, but that's from Jeff and Andrea, who are actually on uh, social media in different places, deliberately giving bad advice to make a point. Uh, But all of us at times need better help, and fortunately there is. Today, my guest on SoCal Live is Steve Arterburn. He's the host of New Life Live and New York Times bestselling and award-winning author. Steve and his New Life team are bringing hope to marriages in Southern California coming up here in February with their Intimacy and Marriage Workshop on February 17th through 19th, and their Restore Healing After Betrayal Workshop, February 24th through 26th. You can get more info by going to newlife.com, newlife.com, or by calling... 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Steve Arterburn, welcome to Southern California Live. Great to be with you, and thank you for clarifying that that was really horrible (laughs) advice. It reminds me of the couple that are having a bottle of wine together, and and she says, I love you, and he says, is that you talking or the wine talking? She says, that's me talking to the wine. So (laughs) you you really can mess it up, uh, but I'll tell you, we've been doing this now, well, 34 years, and we have a workshop in February that I think we've got about a 95% success rate. And some of the people that come to us hate each other. They've got restraining orders. Others, they come before they're married to get it right. But it is not like any other experience because we use Christian counselors. You hear a person speak, and then you go into a group with a Christian counselor like four couples, you work, and then you go hear another talk, and then you go work around that subject. It really is transformational. It's phenomenal. Well, I appreciate you doing that. And, you know, these conferences, I think sometimes people don't know even what to do or if it's even worth it. Like you said, sometimes, you know, we teach uh, you're supposed to love your enemy. Sometimes your enemy is your spouse. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, there is this thing in the Christian community which is very good. We will never divorce. God hates divorce. But then, now that we're not going to divorce, people settle in to married and miserable because they're not going to divorce. And I want you to not be miserable. I want you to live out what God wants for you. And people that come to us, there's been betrayal, all sorts of stuff. They end up with a relationship they literally never, ever thought possible. And it's it's never too late. It's never too early. I had this lady, she was married 30 years, unhappy. The husband and her, they, they get involved. 
she has the best two months of marriage in her entire life, and then he dies. Now, mm. I, I think that's both great and tre- tremendously sad. Yeah. And I just, I, I, I don't know what it takes to get somebody to call, but if you've been doing the same thing and you're miserable and you think there's something better, we do have that better. It will get better if you'll come to us. I don't know of anybody that says worst thing that ever happened to me was going to that workshop about intimacy because we talk about every level of intimacy. So I hope people will do what they can to get there and bring the spouse. You know, Steve, there are you know lots of people listening who are at different places in their marriage or maybe they never got married or they're divorced or they're separated. Yeah. So many, you know, we have so many people coming at it from different angles. We just yesterday, in fact, on the show, we had a conversation about the marriage related to the Supreme Court case that's going on in Washington. And yeah. some people called, you know, kind of with their their advice, things that they learned. And some people really bared their their soul. One person called and she said, you know, when we were newly married, our, our child died in an accident and our marriage didn't survive the grief and all the back and yeah. forth. And, and what she wanted to do was tell her story. And then she encouraged people to stay together. But, uh, you know, today's marriages, they don't always fall apart due to infidelity, right? Right. No, it's true. And one of the kind of, I would say, another epidemic of the Christian world are ungrieved losses. And so mm. we're told to to forgive and, and forgive uh, is what we need to do. But don't forgive too early. First, you do need to grieve the loss. And then secondly, you need to accept the reality that's there, and then you can embrace it. Then you can forgive the world or God or somebody for whatever happened that caused you to lose something. But even if there's there wasn't, um, you know, the breakup or death or something, when you realize, wow, I didn't have a childhood that was very happy at all. It was miserable. They were abusive. You have to grieve what you could have had and the loss there. And then that doesn't come seeping in to the reality of your relationships today. We don't want to dwell on the past, but when the past comes seeping into the present, we need to do something about that and some kind of quick fix. Well, Jeremiah said it thousands of years ago, Jeremiah six fourteen. they treat the, treat the mortal wound of my people with superficial treatments, and they don't even blush. Now, that is still going on today. Quick fix, instant solution, scripture, whatever, but we need more than that. And that's what new life exists, exists for. When it just doesn't magically all work out, that's what we're here for, to help you find what you're looking through, work through the struggle, and we've been doing it a very long time, and we really want to help people. I think that the idea that we dress the wounds, a great verse, Jeremiah six fourteen. you know, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Yeah. I think people sometimes would rather fake it than even actually deal with it. No question. And you think, well, if I act like I am not happy and I'm still struggling, then people think I'm spiritually weak. Well, you're spiritually human, is what you are. Right. And it's so sad that people have this idea that if I share a struggle, then I'm going to be judged. And you probably are going to be judged in some really unhealthy churches, but that mm. isn't the way it's meant to be. So, you know, when people call us and say, well, it's been a year and I'm 
and we lost our child and I'm still struggling, I say to them, you're, you're probably right on schedule. Right. Because losing a child isn't something that just goes away in a year, and, you, and we can help you get into the grief work that you can do so that every day, well, it's not going to be the same, but it doesn't have to be that searing, intense pain every day for the rest of your life. And I know people who've lived in that pain, and they didn't have to. God provided a way out. I think that's great advice. You're listening to Southern California Live. We're talking with Steve Arterburn from New Life today. You can learn more at newlife.com. You know, Steve, um, a lot of people are hearing this and, you know, they feel like their marriages are are pretty good, but there's a lot of challenges. What would you say that, you know, maybe they don't even acknowledge those challenges, but they're kind of eaten away in the background of different things. What are one or two things that every couple can do or really should do to keep their relationship alive? Well, first of all, is to do both things of listening and hearing. Uh, That's really important because in many relationships, one person doesn't want to hear the other. And, you know, when there's a dictator doormat, there's nothing in Scripture that calls for dictator doormat. It calls for mutual submission. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 5.21, submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ then there are about 40 words in my translation that talk about submission and then about, and for women, and about a hundred words for men to die to yourself. Yeah. And people say, well, the man's head of household. Yes, that means you ought to be the first to say you're sorry, first to get up and pray, first to read scripture, first to lead by serving your family, not being a dictator. A lot of people don't like to hear me talk about that because they really like that dictator doormat format. But also, you don't want a mother, young, baby, son uh, arrangement either. And that often happens where a woman will reduce the man to a child and then not be able to relate to him because he's so childish. Yeah. So we, we address all of these things and help you see them, and you end up with a relationship you didn't even know could exist. I think the dictator doormat is uh, it's a great analogy, um, and I think that you're you're right though. Somehow we sort of like that. Uh, well, we do, and and here's the here's a thing that especially the guys really hate me to talk about. Well, when a guy says, "Well, you know, we we discuss everything," and of course I'm the tiebreaker, and so I say, well, "Wait a second. So if she agrees with everything you want, uh, everything's great. But when she doesn't agree, then you're the tiebreaker. You get your way." What kind of mutuality is that? You know, you you need to figure out how to not be the tiebreaker. You need to figure out a way to make these major decisions together. And if that means getting a third party involved, then do that. But don't, don't be the tiebreaker. And, you know, when you say that a lot of people think their marriage is pretty good, a lot of people do think their marriage is pretty good, and their spouse thinks it's pretty bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But they don't have the freedom to say to them. The greatest gift you could give your spouse is to sign up and go to this intensive. There's nothing like it. It's You don't see other workshops where you hear speakers and then you go to work with a real live Christian counselor. And and it, it is transformational. If we knew of something better, we would be trying to do it. But I can tell you, we think this is the best amount of help in the least amount of time that you can get. 
You know, how do you, here's a question for you. So at our church, uh, where I was the pastor for a long time, we would promote mm-hmm. these workshops um, every every year when they would come around, right? And yeah. we would raise some money and send couples if they needed it. And we would encourage couples to go regardless of what they were going through in their marriage, either for a tune-up or maybe if you're really in trouble. That was a big deal for us uh, for a while. Right. There were some couples that we really, that were in a lot of trouble and kind of everybody knew it. You know, everyone in the church, it was very public. And man, it was tough to get them to go. And one couple that I'm thinking of, we just about kidnapped them to go. I mean, I, yeah. I drove uh, the husband to the hotel. I walked in with him. I got him registered. She was already there because somebody drove her. And they, yeah. were, they were done is kind of what they thought. They're still yeah. married today. And a big yeah. part is because of this kind of conference. What do you what do you say to the person who's lost hope in in their marriage, uh, and they just well, feel like this isn't going to help me? Well, Scott, what a great example of doing whatever it took to get the guy there. Uh, you know, we we don't care. Like when we do every man's battle, a lot of men aren't there for sexual integrity. They're just trying to not have to pay for a divorce. Right. Then it's our job to turn that into enjoying and experiencing and seeing the vision for sexual integrity. Same with marriages. Just come. You know, some woman will say to me, he was unfaithful and I want to divorce him. I say, you have every right to divorce him. But before you do, do everything you can do to save your marriage. I've never had a person get a divorce who took that advice and came to our workshop. Hmm. Now, that isn't because... He stayed the same and she accepted it. No, he had to make choices and change. But you're so motivated to do that after you find out these ways. We tell you, here's why you were attracted to each other, and here's why you attacked each other the second you ate wedding cake. It just happens. All, and we encourage people, get married, just don't eat the wedding cake, because there's something in it that just tra- changes everything for the worse. The old ugly foot, you know, you had the best foot, the ugly foot comes forward and you think you're the only one because nobody wants to share how tough it is, but it's horrific. I've experienced that. And so uh, if my marriage could be safe, anybody's marriage could be safe. So please come and, and just let us do what we've learned to do best and you will not be disappointed. We're talking with Steve Arterburn on Southern California Live, and uh, he has a couple of uh, New Life Today, has a couple of workshops coming up in February here in Southern California, Intimacy and Marriage on February 17th through 19th and Healing After Betrayal, uh, February 24th through 26th. You can learn more at New Life Live. You know, let me uh, let me speak for some guys here on this okay? and maybe get your, your input here. When I was telling that story about how at church we really pushed these kinds of things for, for marriages. My wife and I decided, you know what, we're pushing this with everybody. We better go ourselves. Yeah. And you know, what was funny is we thought we're not going to go anywhere near where the church is. We don't want people asking questions, you know, at church are. So, so we right. flew to Salt Lake City or somewhere. And, right. uh, no, where was it? Lake Tahoe. We went there. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, what we found, I found two things. Number one, I found out that it was beneficial for us, even though we were actually going just to say we went for the purpose of advertising it. And, yeah. and we had, you know, some great benefit just between the two of us that we didn't know we needed. Right. But the second thing was, as a guy, 
I'll tell you what, my attitude, even as the pastor who knew a lot about this stuff, thought, man, this might be just three days of flowers and and a bunch of stuff I really don't want to talk about, even with my wife, who I love. What's this like for guys to go to this? You know, what's the, you know, the motivation, I think, to save the marriage is the best one, especially if you're in trouble or, or grow it. Is this something that's going to be good for men? Well, I'll tell you, I... Uh... Usually, I'm just the speaker, but I co-facilitated one of those groups with uh, Becky Brown, and there was a pastor in that group, and we heard, and he didn't like hearing this, but his wife said, "You know, you're you're angry all the time. We don't like each other, and the kids are so messed up." And I, at the right moment, asked him the million dollar question. I just asked him, "What are you so afraid of?" He broke into tears. He was able to admit that he was afraid of becoming his father, mm. and he had become his father. When your father, sick father, is the standard, you go about one degree above it and think you're doing better. That couple said they had, the, from that point on, the best weekend of their life, and that began. They're one of those people that found a marriage they didn't know was possible. So you have to be willing to be vulnerable, but men are so grateful because they end up, I mean, we talk about sexual intimacy too, and we talk about not withholding, and we talk about uh, how uh, sex is more than something that happens in a bed. It just benefits everybody. So I would say men are more reluctant, and I would imagine they're more grateful because they're stuck. They don't like what's going on. They don't know how to change it. And when they get there, we just give them the tools. And uh, I love talking to men who will say that was the beginning of the real marriage that God wanted us to have. I think that's a great reason uh, for guys that there is hope, even if you're not sure how to articulate what you what you think needs to be fixed. This is something that's um, that's very helpful. You got two workshops coming up, Steve, and uh, can you describe the difference between them? So, um, yeah, they're happening here. Inti- Go ahead. Well, intimacy and marriage is for a couple, and um, the material we use is from Mylon K. Yurkovich, and uh, this is the last time that they're going to be doing the workshop with us because they're cutting back and uh, enjoying life in the later years. And so if anybody knows about this workshop and you're thinking, well, one day we should go. Well, this is the time because it's the last time they're going to be doing it with us. The other is called Restore, and that's for every woman who has ever been hurt by a man who had a sexual integrity problem. And uh, it's not about restoring the marriage. That's our long-term hope. But it's about restoring you after you've been betrayed and, and hurt so badly. Both have tremendous, tremendous healing experiences. And a woman who's been betrayed, many times she she thinks, well, why should I go to something? Well, you have to forgive to get on with your life. Um, so you have the pain of betrayal and this job that's been given to you unfairly. You have to learn to forgive and move on. And so we, we really provide them with connections that they need, and we provide them with insight on how not to be triggered all the time by something that brings back the memory and the pain of the betrayal. It's really an amazing workshop. It's called Restore. Yeah. And do men go to that one, or is that one just for women? 
just for women. When men go to every man's battle. We also do emotional freedom, different things like that. But um, every man who still struggles, you know, there are men that come that have been caught and, and they go to every man's battle because they want to save the marriage or just not pay for a divorce. But the other man that needs to come is you haven't been caught. You know it's not right. You don't know how to stop. You've tried to stop whatever it is you're doing. We give you the tools to do it, and you will not regret that. Everything we do now, we used to do in psychiatric hospitals, and now we do them in weekend intensives, and it's better than what we did in psych hospitals with Christian programs. Yeah. Um, I think the bottom line is people have to make the decision to actually go. (laughs) You do. Well, you have to make the decision to call. Uh, If we knew you were in trouble, we'd call you. Right. But we just don't have the list. Yeah. And and so please call. And if money shouldn't be um, a problem because people that go are so grateful that they pay for scholarships for other folks. And and so don't let finances stand in your way. Uh, it, and, you know, here it is right in your backyard, Southern California. So please, if you need it, do it while it's close and while Milan and Kay are still doing it. And um, and we'll help you financially if you need it. Yeah. And yeah, that's great advice. Whatever the, the holdup is, don't let that stop you. God will provide a way if you're honoring him to make your marriage better. Um, so many people that come say, it's a miracle that I'm here. Yeah. So be one of those miracles. That's so true. That's exactly what people say. Uh, I want to encourage you to uh, check this out. My guest is Steve Arterburn, the host of New Life Live. And uh, his Steve and his New Life team are bringing hope to marriages in Southern California, coming up here in February with Intimacy in Marriage Workshop, February 17th through 19th, and Restore Healing After Betrayal Workshop, February 24th through 26th. You can get more information by calling 1-800-NEW-LIFE or visit newlife.com, newlife.com. Steve, always great to have you on Southern California Live. Thanks for joining us today. Scott, thank you. You you are just the best, and uh, keep up the great work you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for being with us today. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Steve. My guest is Steve Arterburn. Go to newlife.com to learn more, and that number is 1-800-NEW-LIFE. When we get back, we'll talk more about this. You can join our conversation, maybe share your story. Have you been to one of these uh, programs and it helped your marriage? The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Pro marriage tip. If you're having trouble or you're, you don't have enough spice in your marriage, uh, there's just like friction, give your wife the, the talk. It's easy to remember because it's three words. And it's, you know, you said three words when you got married. I love you. And then there's another three words that uh, will help w- later on. We've been married for 18 years, happily, and 18, right? Or is it? Is, it's 18. Roughly. Right? We need roughly, <laughs> happily, 18 years. So the, the talk is three words. It's the shut up and listen talk. And it goes like this. Shut up and listen. Do you hear that? <laughs> Silence. <laughs> 
That is Jeff and Andrea on social media giving uh, actually poor marital advice, but kind of laughing. If you ever watch those videos, what happens is the guy typically gives some pretty terrible advice like that. But he it's on purpose. And what he does is he has his wife in the background. And while he's talking, and the look on her face is fantastic here. And, you know, on this one, she's sort of walking away when he says that. And then he goes, look, the silence, it works. And that's why she's laughing at the end. You know, we we struggle with these kinds of things. We've been talking about marriage. Welcome back to Southern California Live. And uh, that you got to do something about it if you have some struggles. And uh, if you've had, if you've been to one of these conferences, um, whether it is the New Life ones or maybe a Family Life, some different ones, and you've had a good experience that you could encourage people to go, give us a call. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888 888- Eight five two eight two five five seven. Bob in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Bob. You with us? Oh, I'm, I'm from Garden Grove. Is that? Oh yeah. Go ahead, Garden Grove. I just have L.A., but Garden Grove will work. Will work. Yes, sir. Yes. I just want to say something about Steve Arnold. Yeah. You know, he wrote so many books about you know, and uh, one of the books that helped me in my marriage. I'm still married. My wife, forty three years. It's uh, one of the books, Healing is a Choice. Oh, boy, that's one of the greatest books. We went to also counseling for so many uh, times with uh, Steve, you know, and what happened, now I'm helping some older couple than me with that same book, Healing is a Choice. And that's a Healing is a Choice. Is that by uh, Steve Arterburn? Yeah. Yes, yes. Healing is a choice. Ten decisions that will transform your life and uh, ten lies that will prevent you from making them. That's the title. Yes. And many people, went, even even if you've been in marriage, like, you know, for the 40-some years or whatever, you know, you still have maybe some things in life that you are um, need to be healed from. Yeah. Maybe childhood, maybe, you know, something step on your toe in the church. But, you know, we have to see it that this is not our problem. It's somebody else who done this to us. Yeah. Well, I think that's yeah. great advice. So what made you decide to pick up that book, actually? Well, I'm listening to the station like, uh, like uh, yours, Scott, you know. And, yeah. And uh, when I find out that he's offering many books, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna, I have all these books, actually, with me. And now I have a, you know, I have a counseling also, too, uh, what do you call the... Uh, certified counseling. You know, okay. Certified counseling, so... Many of these books in different types of situations in a marriage or single people, you know, I recommend and I do counsel them uh, whenever is, uh, people are willing to sit down and listen, you know. Yeah. So, so uh, many of these books, like I said, they did help me first. So I do want to recommend people to get any of these books and be given for free just for a little bit of offering. Want to support the ministry, of course. Yeah. All right. Bob, thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and thank you for passing it on, too. I think that one of the things that matters so much is that when we learn something, when we have done something that really benefits us, whether we have done it because we have read a book or, or we just got right with the Lord with whatever God was doing in our life, you got to tell that story just like Bob did. You got to pass that on because there are so many people. I think that for a lot of us, we know that there are things that are wrong or things that need to be improved, or sometimes we just don't know, um, which sometimes is the bigger problem. And you got to take action. Is it hard? Is it difficult to take action in relationships or difficult to take actions when you are you know, in marriage and you know things need to be better? It's scary, isn't it? It's scary to say, hey, I think we need to to work on this 
Um, but we do. What are your experiences with this? 888-528-2557. Kathy in Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Kathy. Um, I was li- I was listening to a couple programs earlier. Uh-huh. And I wanted to know if you could send me your book on grief and the workbook that you were talking about. Well, I'm probably not the show. I didn't write a book on, on grief, so I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Do you remember? No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to put you on hold and somebody get your, your name. And if we can remember what you're thinking of or somebody knows, we'll ask around and we'll see what we can do Thank for you. you. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kathy. 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. I thought something, uh, Steve Arterburn was our guest in the last segment. You're listening to Southern California Live. And uh, Steve's written a ton of books. I, he's got a, uh, he's sold over 15 million books. And uh, so the Lord has been using his his ministry. One of the things that he said is he talked about the idea that sometimes happens in the church. There were a couple of things I thought that were, that really stuck out to me. One is that when we're talking about, this is true about marriage, but it's true about anything we struggle with, okay? People are struggling with alcohol addictions in the church, and they're struggling with with porn, and they're struggling with, you know, uh, being a thief, man, for one, at one period of time. At my church, we had so many thieves. It was unbelievable. I mean, but it's not really. It's just that that's something that some people struggle with, right? I think I think for some of us, you walk into a Target or a Walmart, and it never crosses your mind to steal something. But for for others of us, it is so hard not to grab something. It's just a problem, right, that you have. And uh, we had people stealing from each other, stealing from the church, stealing from uh, you know, their neighbors. And we really had to deal with that with a lot of people. And I think that 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 coming forward with the things that we struggle with, whatever it is, and in particular, I think with marriage, I think in the church, you know, we end up struggling more with our marriage because what Steve said was that we're afraid of being judged even by the church. And, and you know, what was good, I think about what he said is he said, you know what, some people are going to judge you just, they shouldn't. And by judging you, I, I don't mean, you know, if you're in sin, you know, sometimes people, when they know they they call you out, but I mean, that sort of, um, I'm better than you are stuff where you're not, you know, that happens, but we shouldn't let that be a hindrance to us actually dealing with our stuff and just getting out there and, and doing it. And you know what? Every marriage I know of from mine and every person I know struggles somewhere and those struggles, they can get a lot deeper. They, they happen over time and, you know, to be able to discuss them and get out there and do that, that's part of marriage. And the the whole doormat thing, right? The man's the head of the household. We misread that passage in Ephesians uh, so often um, about a, a wife who submits to her husband and then a husband love your wives uh, as Christ loves the church. That word love is agape love. It means husbands lay your life down for your wife. It means hang yourself up there on a cross for your wife. It doesn't mean you be the doormat and let her stomp all over you because her job is to respect you as the church respects Christ. But your job is to lay your life down. And you know, what you find is that the Bible is right all the time, that when both people do this, the marriage gets a lot better. And you, you know, if you're bothered by the language there or you're arguing about different things, you know, I think that what you find is that when you actually just submit to the Word of God and you follow Christ— you find that when everybody's doing their part, everything gets better. And um, 
that's what I would encourage you to do. Guys, you know, and, and Steve also pointed out, there's so much more written in the Bible about the role of men in the marriage and all the different things that we are supposed to do. It's, uh, it's very significant, guys. And I would encourage you, if you're listening and you're going, you know, there's stuff in my marriage, but I don't like to talk about it. It's hard to talk about with my wife. You know, sometimes that's the case, you know, or we've tried before and it just ends up into an argument or it ends up going nowhere, getting worse. One of the reasons for help, whether it be a book or whether you talk to your pastor or you do something at your church or you go to one of these conferences out there, the reasons for that is it creates an environment that is helpful to have that conversation, to get some things out. And I would just encourage you to take a look at that and to to really, as as guys, to take that initiative to say, you know what, honey, would you like to go to this? And uh, she might say, why are you saying that we're having problems? And you can, maybe you could say, well, yes, obviously, but maybe you say, no, but I don't want to have problems. And so we're going to go to this so that we don't. I think that's one of the greatest things to do that's very wise in our life. It's to try to prevent ourselves from having difficulty. Um, we we tend to be very reactionary, as I think is just human beings, right? We wait until things are so messed up that uh, then finally we make a decision, uh, but there's a lot of wounds and a lot of difficulty there uh, sometimes. Uh, do you have a, a story to tell, testimony about this? You can give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Denise in Inglewood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Denise. How are you? I'm wonderful. I, I took the chance to call because I I really feel um, like I want to go to this conference. Yeah. Uh, my husband and I are not on the same page in terms of getting help and being proactive, but um, he's a, he is a Christian. We're both Christians. We met at church. And we we got married this year, but um, I have been wanting to go to premarital. I, I have been wanting to go to counseling, and I want us to take advantage of the tools and um, at this conference because there's a lot of things we haven't encountered. We may not have a lot of problems, not like a lot of couples, but there's a lot of um, areas that I see that we could have addressed, you know, and he's just like a typical male. He does not want to open up, doesn't want to talk, doesn't want to be exposed. But I just want um, to, like you were just saying, to avoid some of those pitfalls. And I know God has a ministry for us, and I want us to get the help we need and be be stronger as a team. And we need help with a lot of areas like intimacy and communication and things. And so I called because I wanted to um, reach out about the scholarships and see if um, we could discuss that. Okay. Well, here's what you can do. Let me ask you this question. Do you uh, Have you asked your husband about going to this and you said he's not too interested? I've asked him several times. Yeah. I even asked him before we got married um, about going because yeah. I've been hearing about it. I'm the one who listens um, on, you know, to yeah. the station. You got married this year. And I just asked him recently, and he said, no, I don't want to go. Of course he doesn't want to go. He don't want to talk. He don't like to communicate about things that are painful, and he doesn't want to um, talk about certain things in front of in front of other other people. He's, you know, he's just like a you know. Yeah. Well, you know, m- most of these things you don't have to talk in front of anybody except you. Um, <clears throat> you know, is no, kind of how you talk to me about those things. Kind of how these things Very work. sensitive. Yeah. Well, tell you what. You very, you said you just got married. 
this yeah. year? Yeah. You know what? Um, the, don't lose patience. These things take time, okay? And ask him not to do it for him. Ask him to do it for you. And, uh, you know, you guys both go to church together? Yes. Yeah. You know, see if he'll uh, talk to some guys at, at church about it. And here's what I would say about your your scholarship. There's two things you can do. One is uh, just go to newlife.com and see what they have available and how that works. Okay, they're the ones who offer all of this, so newlife.com. Um, and look for the Intimacy and Marriage Conference. And uh, there's information uh, on there um, on how to do that. And you have to call them up, okay? So it's 1-800-NEW-LIFE is the phone number, actually. 1-800-NEW-LIFE. So okay, so it's different from... Southern California Live? Yeah, this is uh, our guest was Steve Arterburn, who is the leader of New Life, and they're the ones putting on this conference. So they're the ones who you oh, ha- you have to do. We're not uh, we're not ready for our own marriage conference, uh, except we do hope that what we do on the air is helpful. But they're, these conferences, you know, I think they're very helpful. And if you want to have your husband write me an email, he can and ask, you know, dude, why should I go to this? I'd be happy to help him out. He's not going to do. <laughs> well, that's an easier thing than going. Okay, but but maybe maybe it's in the back of his mind. It's the money. So go to New Life, find out what they say, and then I would also ask your church. Hey, do we have any scholarships for stuff like this? Um, sometimes there's mm-hmm. people who will just help you, and uh, you'd be surprised. All right, and uh, ask the Lord for help, and just be very open with okay. God. God help me with that. Okay, so go to newlife.com, find the workshop, and you can start there. All right, Denise. I will. Thank yeah. you so much. All right, Denise. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. All right. When we get back, we will take your calls also, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about things going on in the news. Next hour, we are we have a guest, Pastor Alan Jackson, is going to be with us at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about our uh, civil liberties and uh, some of those things that are at stake that are being talked about in the news. And uh, I think you're going to really enjoy that as well. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Cheer song, man. That show was one of the greatest shows. If you were around and you really watched that program, Kirstie Alley, who starred on it as Rebecca Howe, passed away yesterday. Maybe you heard that news, and I think it's uh, for any of us who watched that show, we kind of uh, are, are moved by by that and any of the characters who were on there. You know what's great about that show is it developed characters and it developed the friendship of characters, and they talked about their struggles. And some of it was kind of sad. You know, it's a comedy that show. It's laugh out loud funny. But some of it is sad because it was kind of real life and a couple of guys sitting in a bar and Norm is there and uh, Norm is a great character, but he you know, was always there to avoid his wife. Going home was kind of the thing. Cliff Clavin was uh, who I think is one of my favorite characters of all time. Uh, was this postman who always had a story for things, but always kind of lonely, but needed that friendship of being there with people. And I laugh because growing up, when that show was actually on the air, the church I went to, there was a guy who was Cliff Clavin. And we all called him Cliff Clavin, probably behind his back, which probably wasn't very nice. But he was a postal worker, and he used to just – he had a story for everything. It was unbelievable. You'd say, hey, how you doing today? we just call him Cliff. He never understood why, I think, because maybe he didn't watch that show. 
uh, hey, Cliff, how's it going? And go, you know, it's fine. Then he'd have some story about something. Yeah, let me tell you something. And there was always something there. And, uh, you know, we just kind of appreciated that while we left. And he was that guy. I think sometimes in shows like that, you can identify if it's well-written. Uh, that's why sometimes it's a hit. It's well-written. Anyway, I don't know anything about Kirstie Alley's faith. I hope that she uh, knew the Lord and that we would see her one day um, in, in all of those things. Hey, we've been talking about relationships this hour and uh, marriages, and we had Steve Arterburn at the top of the hour, and uh, it was a uh, fun interview uh, talking about marriages and uh, ways that we can help them. You know, and I think some of the conversation that I've, I'm drawing from these things, an encouragement to, to men and to husbands in your, in your marriage, or even if you're just dating, to take some responsibility for uh, spiritual direction in a way where you're not the Lord and master of the universe is how you do it, but where you are a genuine leader, a leader who gives of himself. We've kind of lost that because men in our culture have been discarded in a way. Uh, you know, it, and it started a long time ago. It's not really something that's recent. I think that many of the things that we're dealing with are because of things that happened in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, uh, to men. Um, you know, why, why is a man supposed to be the gentleman? Why is that? You know, there, why are there certain courtesies that are designed for men to be performed toward women? Have you ever thought about this? Like, why does the guy open up the door or pull out the chair? Or if you go somewhere publicly, why should he walk behind her? Why? Why is it that way? See, we got confused on that issue because some were conflicted on this as a society not too long ago. We, we sparred on issues like this. Maybe some of you still are kind of unsure or not sure how you feel about that. In the 70s and 80s, it was said that uh, this should not be done because it challenges equality between men and women, that if we're equal, then there is no need for one to be especially courteous on the basis of gender. Uh, there was a famous feminist leader in that day, Gloria Steinem, who said about women, she said, we are becoming the men that we have always wanted to marry. That's her famous statement. And you know what was happening is that women were no longer being encouraged to be better women. They were encouraged to be more like men. And then men were being encouraged not to become better men, but to become more like women, to find their feminine side. And what did men do in, in a large way? Uh, we did what all selfish people do is we said, yeah, you want to wear the pants in the house? Fine. Uh, I'm going to have fun. And uh, we disengaged. And that's a big problem was we disengaged from our marriages and doing the things that need to be done to strengthen our marriages which often we don't want to do. Like our nature is, as a guy, you know, I don't want to go have that conversation. You know, I don't want to bring up my feelings about these things. I just want to deal with it. I want to work it out myself. We disengaged from raising the kids, and we became unconcerned about our example. And unfortunately, men were taken off the hook for responsibility in the home, right? The saying in the 70s was, a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. And the whole notion was men aren't needed and men were discarded. And all the things a man wants to do became disparaged by culture and still is. And then what men did is we stopped taking responsibility. I think that looking at the struggles that are here, the difficulty that we have in so many areas of marriage, of, of sexual intimacy, of dating, all of these things, you know, guys, we have got to take responsibility 
and not take responsibility in such a way that we're just saying you need to bow down before me. That's not what the word says. It says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does for the church. For we are members of one body. For one, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother. Some of you guys haven't done that. To be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. There's so much there. And the love word, we miss that sometimes. It's not have warm fuzzies for your spouse. It's agape, and it's a command. It's active, it's deliberate, and it's self-sacrificing love. I think that, you know, guys, if you want to, you know, take a start at it, this is probably a whole another topic. Maybe we'll get into it some point next hour. But, you know, about guys being the gentleman and that it's okay that it is okay if you go get the door for her. If she doesn't like it, well, you know, there's there's some stuff there, but reverse it. You know, do you think that in the name of equality, she should open the door for you? Should you walk in front of her and uh, when you walk into a restaurant or walk somewhere publicly when you're out together, should she pull out the chair for you? I think that looks pretty silly, doesn't it? If that were to happen. See, it's because that kind of equality is not what equality is. Equality is men and women working together to be like Christ in the church. And then you find that when both parties are doing that, the man and the woman, you find out that both of them feel pretty good about each other's role in that. And marriages should be like that. There's so much there. So guys, if you're listening and you realize there's something that needs to be done in your family, don't do it you know, with anger and a closed fist. But with agape, with self-sacrificial love, make some changes and make the decision. If you need to go to a conference, go to a conference. If you need to go buy a book, get a book. If you just need to go talk to the pastor or go talk to some guy friends, go do it. Because the long-term effect of your marriage being better and your family being better, wherever you find it now, maybe it's a mess right now, you can always start somewhere and point in the better direction. Things always get better and you'll be surprised at what the Lord can do when you trust him with his word, that his word is true. All right, when we get back, we're going to have Pastor Alan Jackson and uh, a lot more in the next hour. You're listening to Southern California Live. We'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.